0: Good evening. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski Podcast by Power 88 Dean Radio. I'm your host, Adam Wright, and Justin is out tonight, again, but we have C.J. Medeiros once again filling in for us. Thank you so much, C.J., on uh, such short notice. Justin's just a little little busy with some work. Actually, it's technically uh, sports broadcasting isn't even his major, so a big thank you to Justin for... Being being here uh, week in and week out, uh, but he's actually a psychology major, and he's just helping us. He uh, he's been helping us out, uh, setting aside time. So I really appreciate it. But it's okay, he won't make it. But we have CJ. So uh, CJ, how are you doing tonight?
1: You know what, Adam, I'm I'm doing fine. I'm a Pats fan. They lost, but still, you know, there's a lot to like about that game. And honestly my my fantasy team won so can't complain so i think i'm doing all right
0: yeah i hear you there Let, you know what it's good good for you that your team won all one uh your fantasy team's won cuz i'm in 3 leagues and i lost in all 3 of them two of them to the same person and he made sure to rub it in my face it Yikes,
1: was man, i'm sorry
0: and I, I lost each game by about two points. It was, it was terrible. It was, I had Dan Carlson going. Uh, all I needed was, I, I can get, I could get into it. I could go on about it for a really long time. But anyways, um, so we have, we have gotten through week four of the regular season, which means we were about a quarter of the way through the season. Usually, in years past, it would mean during the 60 games, 16 game season, it would mean we are a quarter of the way through, but because it's at 17, it kind of screws it up. So we're technically not a quarter of the way through the season, but we also are. It's like we roughly are. So we'll kind of talk a bit, talk about a few things going a quarter of the way through, like who we think our MVP is, um, our lone four and team, the, the last undefeated team, a few team, a few, uh, a few surprises that have come out for teams. Uh, there's a controversy with, some, with a coach coming out. So we'll discuss all of that. But first, we are going to recap this Patriots-Buccaneers game that had so much hype going into it. And, I mean, yeah, it didn't really disappoint. But um, uh, CJ, uh, so basically what happened in this game was uh, it was not the high-scoring dogfight that we expected that neither of us expected cj uh they the final score was 19 to 17 it was a back and forth game basically the, the whole time neither team got got above 20 points until the the last it was about the the end of the game about with about a minute 57 just under two minutes uh, buccaneers kicker ryan suck up kicked the go-ahead field goal to put him up 1917 then Mac Jones gets the ball, and in the midst of he gets 19 straight completions at, towards the end of the game, gets them near field goal range. It's fourth and three, and instead of going for it, they decide to kick the field goal. It was a 56 yard field goal. Nick Folk, it was too it was too far for him. He's more of a short distance kicker. He misses the field goal. But uh, uh, CJ, your thoughts on this game?
1: All right. Frankly, as a Pats fan, uh, I'm obviously upset that we lost. We dropped down to one and three. But there's a lot to like, especially from Mac Jones, who, if you watch the game and you look at the numbers, you could tell that he outplayed Tom Brady. He had a few more passing yards than he did. He had more touchdowns than he did, a better completion percentage than he did, and a better quarterback rating than he did. And Going up against a ferocious Bucks pass rush and watching Mac get pummeled after every throw, I mean, I, I admire the kid. I mean, you know, he hung in there and he made plays. I mean, and our, our defense, I mean, they also did well. Uh, I mean, granted, they did give up 19 points, which is more than what we scored. But, hey, they kept Tampa out of the end zone for the entire first half, and they stifled Brady's air attack by not even giving up a passing touchdown. Now, in my opinion, what actually cost New England the game was J.J. Taylor's fumble. And as soon as – because we were in the red zone, and he fumbled and Tampa recovered. And as soon as I saw that, I said, yeah, Tampa's going to win. And wouldn't you know it. And also, I have to say this, I honestly – When we go for fourth, when we didn't go for fourth down, I wasn't shocked really. I didn't. I expected us to go for the field goal because I I just I feel like it's kind of like a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. I don't think that uh, we would have gotten the first down because let's face it, if we went for it and missed it, then everyone would have said, "Oh, why don't you kick the field goal?" Hence, why I said it's a really a damned if you do, damned if you don't.
0: Okay, so looking at this game, uh, there was a f- there's a few factors to how this game played out how it did. Uh, first of all, Tom Brady was way too amped up in this game, and it showed. He, he, he was clearly off for most of that game. He was missing a lot of throws. A lot of people were, bl- blaming, were blaming the rain, but to that I say, well, why was Mac Jones making those throws? If anybody was going to miss throws in the rain, it was going to be Mac Jones because he's the rookie. The veteran's going to know how to do it. So it was obviously Tom Brady was way too amped up. He wanted to just go just tear apart this Belichick-led defense and prove that he's the better – that he was uh, the bigger reason for their dynasty. Uh, But, I mean, yeah, I thought there was a lot to like in that game, but – What I didn't like and what was a big red flag for me, I know you're not too bothered by this, but their decision to not go for it on fourth and three, the guy who just had 19 straight completions and have Nick Folk go for a 56-yard field goal instead, really bothered me. Why is it that they would rather that they would rather Nick Folk kick a 56-yard field goal. And he's not known for his distance, by the way. He doesn't have the strongest leg. He's more of the guy who hits the sure things. And if you if you need a 50-plus-yard field goal, it's a long shot. Why would you go with that rather than your your 15th overall pick quarterback who you are investing in, why would you rather not go for – you have 3 yards why would you not go try to get those 3 yards with your quarter your your first round quarterback who just had 19 straight completions uh why would you why would you rather go nick Folk hit the field goal than uh mac jones then mac jones go for 3 yards that's an issue for me and it's a red flag it shows me that tom brady doesn't actually believe It shows me that Tom, that it shows me that Bill Belichick doesn't actually believe in Mac Jones just yet. He does. It shows his mistrust in him a little bit. And that's a red flag for me that they, the team didn't put their trust in their quarterback.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you raise a valid point. I honestly have nothing to say to that. I mean, if what you say is true, then yes, that is a red flag, but He is a rookie, and we all know how Bill is with rookies. He doesn't really trust them. But when you spend a first-round pick on a quarterback, and not just any quarterback, an Alabama product who's like a national championship winner came in second for Heisman voting, I, I would think that you would trust him. But I cannot stress enough, if he doesn't get that, then we're all saying that it's a terrible decision.
0: I would, I wouldn't be saying it's a terrible decision. You look at the distance on that field goal, you would, and you I look at the, the low
1: info NFL fan would, and there's a lot of them.
0: I, I think those, if any fan who, who tries to argue that, I mean, just take, take that how you will. That's just, that's not a, it's just not a rational argument. And you're, you're base, you're putting your faith in a kicker who's not known for kicking long distance field goals. And a, it's a 56-yard field goal. I wouldn't have that that faith in a lot of different, th- different kickers in this league, let alone Nick Folk. I mean, I like Nick Folk from shorter distances, but not from 50-plus, let alone 56. I mean, good Lord. Those are hard to make.
1: Yeah, that's accurate. I mean, like I said, I won't fault you for your opinion, but, I mean, it's all right to you know, feel differently, I guess
0: you know i mean you you raise a good point with jonathan taylor or sorry jj taylor and there i think there was one other there was another fumble that came in that game as well where you know i like when you it take, got called back uh, it, i guess it got called back but you take those you know those are you can't do that against this buccaneers team not against tom brady because they'll they'll make you pay for it but there were a lot of factors in that game to how that game went I, I've got to set like looking. So levitating over to all the storylines in it, I didn't really feel much of a vibe there. It kind of just like the, all the pregame stuff, all those jitters were going around. There was all the anticipation before the game, but once it started, it was kind of just another, it kind of gave the feel of just another Sunday night football game really. And I was expecting more.
1: Well, oh, yeah, of course it was this, like all the drama of this game was strictly manufactured by all the sports pundits. I mean, this was easily the most overhyped game ever. Pretty much everything around it was just completely just manufactured by, you know, by the sports media and idiots like that. Sh- like that Seth Wickersham.
0: Yeah, a little bit, but I mean, you. Um, this this is still a very hyped up game. I mean, it's like. If after Joe Montana left uh, left the Chiefs for sorry left the 49ers for the Chiefs and Bill and when he faces the 49ers Bill Walsh is still coaching and they still have Steve Young it would have been like that except that didn't happen like it would have been on that level or if Brett Favre after he left the Vikings went went back to face uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Like that's the type of thing it was, and it, it, even even then, like even if it did happen and had that type of, it wouldn't have that same type of uh, hype around it because this these two, they Brady and Belichick together had the great put together the greatest legacy in the history of the sport, arguably. I mean, most people most people think that, but like it's that's not really an understatement, like. It, that thing is forged in iron some of the moments they've had together the relationship they had and now it's like now they're facing each other i mean it was a very hyped up game and rightfully so
1: yeah i agree and i know it was hyped up Uh, i can't help but feel like everyone's like oh this is the big decider of who's better belichick or brady oh this is like the big ending of it it's the showdown like oh my god i couldn't escape all that media bs and yes did it deserve to be hyped absolutely but i really can't help but feel like it was all just manufactured by sports media they just wanted a story and it got tiring it was so overblown that anything less than the game ending 31 30 would have been a disappointment all that hype literally set up the game for disappointment. And if anyone's disappointed in that game, you have to point the finger at the sports media for talking about it nonstop. And once again, I am strictly looking at Seth Wickersham. He is a fraud. Maybe, maybe. I
0: loved I loved all that all of the stuff that went along with it and made it. It made the game more. Uh, it It brought a lot of more a lot more people. Into uh, to watch the game and it ma- gave us more reason to watch it. That that extra context that added behind these showdowns, that's what makes these these games uh, so incredible to watch because of the storylines behind it. Like some sometimes it just doesn't it does the game itself doesn't match up with the hype. But I'd rather have the hype to lead up to it and be disappointing to, than to have no hype and then it just be just another another Sunday night football game because it was still yeah, a good game. It's but anyways, um so there's a there's a lot of there have been a there are a few undefeated teams uh to start this this season, but they have all all but one lost already. And the one that's remaining is a game is a team that a lot of us really didn't expect. Um You're 4-0 Cardinals. We're going to discuss that next here on the Fumble Rooski Podcast. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to the Fumble Rooski Podcast. I'm Adam Wright, and filling in for Justin Tucker is CJ Medeiros. Now, we're going over some some Week 4 football uh, about a quarter of the way into the season. And the lone team remaining that is undefeated is the Arizona Cardinals. Now it wasn't, it didn't end up being the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It didn't end up being the chiefs who like, you know, you had Patrick Mahomes and Tyree Hill going on all season about how they all off season about how they wanted to go to go undefeated. That ended up falling apart two games into the season. And they're, they're actually two and two. They're only, they're 500. It wasn't the Packers. It was the Cardinals. And Kyler Murray, we'll talk about him later, but he looks like an MVP candidate already. Like, and not only an MVP candidate, he might be the leader right now. Um, but so this 4-0 Cardinals team, do you think are you buying into them? Do you think they deserve to be the new favorite uh to possibly go all the way?
1: Well, as a matter of fact, I do. You know why? Now look. I was skeptical, I will admit. But then they put the hurt on the Rams. They did, did they not? They went in there and they walloped them in their, you know, and they walloped them in home. And that, I mean, personally, I always thought the Rams were a better team, but it looks like Kyler's taking the next step. He's got a bunch of dangerous weapons with the guys you know like DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk, James Conner, AJ Green, and Rondale Moore, the offensive line is serviceable. And on defense, you've got guys like Isaiah Simmons, Chandler Jones, Buddha Baker, and Byron Murphy. A lot of these guys aren't household names, but they are stepping up, and they're very and they're you know they're just serving serving their team well. And I know it's early in the season, but I really have faith in Kyler Murray. It's really looking like he's starting to take the next step.
0: Yeah, I really like what I've seen from Kyler Murray. That this, guy, this kid has been absolutely incredible and has been very good since he stepped foot into the league. In fact, I'm pretty sure his rookie year, he didn't even have DeAndre Hopkins. And he, was, he still put together a very productive rookie year. And now you have, you put, you think about that, and now you have DeAndre Hopkins. You have a very solid run game with two proven backs in Chase Edmonds and James Conner, who are who have been very productive thus far. You have, on the line, you have on both ends, you have J.J. Watt coming from one side. You have uh, one of the most underrated uh, defensive ends in the game in Chandler Jones, and you know you got you got Buda Baker back there uh their secondary hasn't fallen fallen apart they have a very well-rounded team right now and um we'll see if they end up being the being the team to beat in the entire league but they're looking that way right now and and Kyler Murray looks like the real deal
1: yeah yeah i agree and like i said before what really sold it for me was them putting the hurt on the Rams. Because I thought this would be a game the Rams would win, but the Cardinals have shown that they can go toe-to-toe with the big boys and win.
0: Yeah, that was a real statement win for them. And I, I've been really high on the Rams all season and all, all through this season and all off season as well, ever since they acquired Matthew Stafford. I thought this is a team that's going to In fact, this is this is they're actually my, they were actually my pick to represent in the uh conference championship with along against the against the uh the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But the the Cardinals made them look like they weren't they didn't even belong in the playoffs, let alone be let alone be in the conference championship. I mean that's how good that's how good the Cardinals looked the other day.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you hit the nail right on the head. And I mean I know I had to start the Rams defense in fantasy and that netted me negative five. So me thinks the Cardinals are legit.
0: Yep, and I had Matthew Stafford in fantasy and that didn't work out either. But it's I guess be careful when you have any players going against the Cardinals. You might that might be the that might be the moral of this story here. But I mean, I'm not ready to back off on my on my preseason predictions. I still have the Buccaneers facing the the Rams in the conference championship, and I still have the Buccaneers representing in representing the NFC uh, in the Super Bowl. But I mean I'm I, I definitely have my eye on the Cardinals now. That's a team that is that looks like a force early on.
1: Yeah, I 100% agree with you, Adam.
0: All right. Well, so coming up, yes, there's only one undefeated team, but there's plenty of teams with only one loss who are 3 and 1 who we never expected to be as good as they are this early on. Um so we'll we'll go over them and we'll just we'll talk about Whether or not they are for real or not, kind of buy or sell, Uh, we'll go over that next. You're listening to the Fumble Rooski Podcast. This is the Fumble Rooski Podcast by Power88 Dean Radio. I'm here with CJ Medeiros filling in for Justin Tucker tonight. We are going over some uh, regular season football, and we have a lot of teams who have flat-out, exceeded expectations this year who we didn't expect to be as good as they are this uh, at this point in this season about a quarter of the way through and uh so cj we're gonna go do a little activity where we go over these the following teams and you're going to tell me whether you you're gonna buy in on them or you're selling high on them kind of like stocks okay so if you if you think that this team is is the real deal, we buy. If you think this team is gonna fall apart and they're not for real, sell. All right, you got it? Got it. All right. So this first team, this is a team that, I mean, has has some talent. We thought this team was gonna be okay if given some things went right for them. But first off, we have the Dallas Cowboys. Um, so are you buying or selling on the Dallas Cowboys?
1: Oh, you know what? I'm going to say bye. I mean, look at it. Ezekiel Elliott is making a comeback. They've got a trio of dangerous receivers in Cooper, Gallup, and Lamb. Dak, some people are viewing as an early dark horse MVP candidate. And you have a strong defense anchored by Leighton Vander Esch and uh, Trayvon Diggs. So, yeah, why, why I agree. wouldn't you buy into him? And especially since the Washington Football Team, who originally would have been my favorites, aren't exactly looking up to snuff, I would I would honestly consider buying into the Cowboys. In fact, no considering, I am buying into the Cowboys. Yeah, I'm buying
0: into this team. I so I said so I said this before the season started. I said if they're and it's not even, it has nothing to do with their offense. I know all of what their offense is capable of. Everyone in the Everyone who vaguely knows football should know just how good this Dallas Cowboys offense can be at full health. The, de- the question mark was on the defensive side. If they were to turn around their defense, if their defense could improve, they'd be a playoff team. I said this before the season started. This team, for a quarter of the way through the season, has looked phenomenal on defense. Or I'll, I won't say phenomenal, but good, but good enough. Okay? Trevon Diggs, who was very streaky last year, has made great strides. And he's the league leader in interceptions this year as a, as a defensive back. Micah Par, rookie Micah Parsons looks like a earl, an early defensive rookie of the year candidate already. And he's been an absolutely incredible for them. And on top of that, you have all the other names. Um, there's this, there's this defensive tackle. I forgot his name, but he's been very, he's been very, uh, he's been very productive for them, but looking at, looking at this team as a whole, like this is, this is a team that you should buy in on. And I've already mentioned that I don't even need to talk about the offense they have plenty of they have plenty of weapons there. Dak Prescott's a proven quarterback in this league, and we know what Ezekiel Elliott can do. Tony Pollard, their backup for Christ's sake, is incredible. Is actually pretty good, you know. So you look at that. Absolutely, buy in on this team. All right. So next team we have is the Cincinnati Bengals. So we can talk a little bit about how about how. This team hasn't faced much early on in the year. However, the way they've beaten teams is pretty is pretty impressive. You know, you have um, you have Joe Burrow who's coming back from an ankle injury. Uh, they outdueled uh, they out-dueled the Vikings defense, the Vikings offense, which is a, is a pretty impressive offense. And uh, they have a lot of pieces on offense, but uh what, what do you think? Buy or sell.
1: I'm going to have to say sell on this one. You know why? Because it's the Bengals. Zach Taylor is not a good coach, and just look at their division. I mean, granted, they beat Pittsburgh, but you know who else is in their division? Cleveland and Baltimore. And I don't see Cincy beating Cleveland, nor do I see them beating Baltimore. So, honestly, just because of the strength of division alone, I'm going to have to sell.
0: You're going to have to sell on this team? So, I'm not quite ready to buy on this team but I don't think I can sell either at this point. I'd have to wait a little bit, but, they, but Joe Burrow looks like a a really good player. He looks like he's not a bust and that torn ACL t- clearly, clearly he's recovered from it by now at this point. Uh, Tyler Boyd looks like it, him and Joe Burrow. They have the same rapport that they had before the ACL injury. Uh, Jamar Chase and Joey Burrow are, are basically throwing it back to their LSU days, even after all those drop issues that were reported at camp by uh Jamar Chase. And they still have T-, T. Higgins who's going to be coming back. And I think we overlook Joe Mixon a little too much. And I think this is a I I think this is a team that you can look at and say, like uh, maybe not as a, a Super Bowl contender, but they're 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 a legitimate team.
1: Uh okay, I personally would sell on them. But that's just me. I I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I, I do want to wait.
0: We'll see what happens. All right. But next team we have the Carolina Panthers. Are you they are a three and one? Are you buying or selling on them?
1: Oh, oh that's awful. Hoff one. I mean, I like their defense. They have guys like Brian Burns, Derek Brown, Dante Action Jackson, and Jeremy Chin. But their offense without Christian McCaffrey is still very good. You know, with guys like Shuba Hubbard and DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. But correct me if I'm wrong, didn't they lose by a sizable margin to the Dallas Cowboys? They lost 28-36.
0: 20, so they lost by about, it was about a possession.
1: I oh, well, that I, well, pardon me, people. I do not know what team I was thinking of, but they, I must have been I, different.
0: I think you had it right. The, the final score is a little misleading. The team was, a, was at one point down by quite a bit. I'd have to look at the game cast, but yeah. what I see is uh, – so at one point, at one point they were down. Carolina was down thirty six to
1: fourteen. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Um, but uh, okay, but other than that, um, for now, just for now, I will sell because you know they also share a division with the very scary Tampa Bay Buccaneers and, uh, and, you know, CMC out, but when CMC comes back, there's someone that I would consider buying into.
0: I'm, I think I'm going to have to sell on this team. I like them. I let, I think they have some nice pieces. I think Sam Donald's a decent quarterback, but they, they're in the division they're in is too tough. They're not, they're not coming anywhere close to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And this team and I, I wouldn't even rely on Christian McCaffrey anymore. I mean, every time he's he's healthy for a little bit, he eventually gets hurt. It's just plain and simple. Court, running backs cannot handle the loads they, they are getting nowadays. Like, you know, the, the Christian McCaffreys of the world, the Dalvin Cooks of the world, the Todd, the Todd Gurleys of the world before them back in his Ram L.A. Rams days. They just can't handle workloads that they've gotten. And you can't really rely on it for more than like a season before they start to deteriorate. It's just not possible. It's too much wear and tear on them. So I might have to to sell on them, but I do like them as a team. Nice little nice little roster they have there.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm with you. It hurts me to sell on them, but you know. I, right. I still have to.
0: So the next team we have is the LA Chargers.
1: Uh, You know what? I'm buying into them. No questions about it. Justin Herbert, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, and Austin Eckler are a very dangerous group. And their defense, you know, with guys like uh, Kenneth Murray and Joey Bosa and Derwin James aren't exactly a team that I'm going to be sleeping on. And they beat Kansas City for crying out loud. I mean, Justin Herbert is that guy. He really is. And he is definitely someone that I would buy into. He's a future MVP frontrunner. And you know what? I don't even need to explain. I'm buying in. I am buying in. I am rolling with uh, Justin Herbert.
0: I agree. I think Justin Herbert is the real deal. He had a great rookie year, probably, arguably the best rookie year of any quarterback in uh, the history of the league last year, and on top of that, you have Keenan Allen to throw to, who's who's a great wide receiver one for them. They have Mike Williams over there, who's a great wide receiver two for them, and who's a great deep threat. You have Austin Eckler, who's look who looks like he can actually handle a lead role at a at running back, and their offensive line we don't talk about how much improved their offensive line was they spent money to improve it in free agency and they also they also went into the draft and took took a, took somebody there and so at, like top to bottom looks like a great roster i think this is a team that could actually become a contender like just this year like they're going to be in the mix it's it's just that good
1: Yep, that's true. And like I said, I have 100% confidence in Justin Herbert.
0: Absolutely. All right. So, coming up next, we have this last pick. It is the Las Vegas Raiders.
1: All right. Are you buying or selling? You know, if you had asked me on Sunday, I would have said I would have said buy. But after watching the Chargers come, them, watching them rattle around Derek Carr, I'm gonna, because this shows that, like, they play a real team in the Chargers. That feels weird to say, but, you know, they play a real team. And uh, the Chargers got to Derek Carr. They riled him around. And I think it was Joey Bosa who said they had him curling up into a ball every time he got past the line. So yeah, I'm gonna sell.
0: Yeah, I might have to sell too, and I'm looking at the teams that they've faced so far. Here, um, I'm just trying to bring that up real quick, but I mean, so they did. So they did beat the Ravens. Um, I'm not sure. You can take that as you take that how you how you want to. Uh, the Ravens did beat the Chiefs this season. They beat the Steelers, uh, who are don't look like a shell of what they once were in past years. They beat the Dolphins. Uh and then they lost to the Chief the sorry the Chargers. So this is Yeah, the I mean but like it just looked so bad on Monday night football. Especially for Derek Carr, who we were talking about as an MVP candidate or uh in the early going on this in this year, where they just laid an egg and where Carr just laid an egg Early on, like in the late stages when it really mattered most, and it really disappointed me. Like to, for you to throw a pick when he wasn't even—he was not un—he was—he was, he was not unprotected, by the way. He had a clean pocket, he had time to throw, and he just hucked it over there, and it went straight into the de- the defensive back's hands. It was—it was a horrible throw, and it was something where he, you could clearly see that the pressure was getting to him. Not the pressure of any pass rusher, but the pressure of the, the situation of the game. And if you crack like that, then you don't deserve to be uh, mentioned among the best in this league.
1: Yeah, that's accurate. You know what they say, big-time players make big-time plays in big-time games. And Derek Carr simply didn't do that. So I would say he's not a big-time player, and because of that, I'm selling Yeah, I'm going to sell on them. Um,
0: So that'll conclude our buy-sell session. Uh, Up next, uh, there's a certain uh, college football coach, uh, or a former college football coach for Jacksonville, Urban Meyer, who's going through through a bit of a controversy, and it's something that, quite frankly, he caused himself. But we're going to go into that in full detail next. Uh, Don't go anywhere. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast. Welcome back. This is the Fumble Rooski podcast. I'm Adam Wright. I'm with CJ Medeiros, who is filling in for our usual co-host, Justin Tucker. And so we are going over some uh, week four action, but to take a little break from all of the action that happened from this week and to go over the teams and everything there's a little bit of a controversy that's going on for a a coach for a coach Urban Meyer who is a former uh, Ohio State head coach star coach very hyped up very well respected within the college football world and so this story just puts a damper on his entire reputation and deservedly so so what happened was um that over this past weekend there was a video that went viral where you can see so keep in mind this guy has a wife and this guy there's a clip where he is at a club there's music playing and everything he's hanging around talking to people but there's this woman who is uh who's giving him a lap dance kind of dancing near his lap and uh so keep in m- also keep in mind this t- his team has started 0 4 they came off an ugly loss where they where the Cincinnati Bengals came from behind. And this this Jacksonville Jaguars team was up big on them, and they still lost the game. And they've started 0-4, and he's out doing stuff like this. And cheating on his wife. So all around and an all-around bad look for him. The owner of the organization came out uh, earlier and said, look. He's going to have to earn our trust back. He doesn't lose our jo- his job, but it's just an overall ugly situation. But CJ, what are your thoughts on this?
1: It's never a good look when this, when a coach or or a GM or someone in a high-ranking football position does this. But it's worse when you are 0-4 because it makes you look like you don't care. And we all know Urban Meyer's personality. We we know what we you know the Jacksonville faithful knew what they were getting when they signed him to be a coach. But I just I wanted him to succeed. I really did. And to come out in such a way, you know, and do this like taking pictures with fans, damn near getting a lap dance. It just shows you don't care. And and keep in mind. Players already weren't happy with him because I'm sure you've heard the reports that he's running, like, a college-style team in the NFL, and they're getting, you know, and they're, and they're getting handed Ls every week because of it. And players already weren't thrilled with him, but this—I know it's early. This already might be the straw that breaks the camel's back, and if he can't win back their trust, I would expect him to be gone before week 10—
0: See, even if nothing, even if he does like nothing bad happens throughout this season, I still think this guy should lose his job. So you are like so. All right, for those of you who aren't familiar with the movie Moneyball, so the, the Moneyball is about this movie. is It's this movie about uh, this Oakland A's team. It's a baseball team, and they decide to, in order to, uh, make up for the fact that they are a low budget team, they invest in these these young uh uh players who are un- overlooked and they start off really bad and the, one of the players that they got out in one scene he he's had an a, his- a history of attitude issues and he starts dancing on the table even though they're like in last place you know so he's dancing on the table and the main character who's the general manager who, who put to- the team together he walks in the clubhouse and he lectures him and he goes, "Is losing fun, is losing fun. Like, you know, then what are you having fun for? And like, you know, eventually they turn it around, but you get, you get the point I'm trying to make here. It, this, is, this is like that scene, except the guy who's dancing on the table is Billy Bean. He's the general manager. He's the leader. And it's, which is a horrible look for this, for this team. You know, he's, he's out here cheating on his wife, he has a he has a team that's gone 0-4 with your number one overall pick quarterback that you have. You have you have a, t- a roster which with which isn't perfect but still has talent. You should not be 0 and 4 right now. And you should have won on Thursday night football and you're already receiving criticism and you're going out and going to a club having a good time. Horrible look for this guy. He deserves to lose his job.
1: Yeah, I agree. Urban Meyer should never have been a head coach at the professional level. And I always knew he didn't have, like, the plays for it or the right mindset. But now it shows that he just straight up doesn't have the maturity for it. Yeah.
0: And it's just for also, for just a, such a young team, like, this is so, just such a terrible look for the team, to for uh, – overall you know he has all of this like you need to be a leader on the of this inexperienced team and you're not doing that for them and you're giving him a very bad imple- impression you got the trevor lawrences and the james robinsons and the dj charks of the world who are just looking over and being like dude really we're Owen four and you're out here dancing getting a lap dance from this woman who's not your wife give me a break what a loser all right um So moving on after now that we've had our little rant for the for the episode. um, So now that we are a quarter of the way through the season, we are going to pick who we think uh, is our MVP so far through a quarter of this season, through the first four games of this year. Uh, We will decide who that is uh, coming up next. So don't go anywhere. You are listening to the Fumble Ruski podcast. This is the Fumble Roosty Podcast by Power 88 Dean Radio. I'm Adam Wright alongside CJ Medeiros. CJ is filling in for Justin, who is out with some work for his major. Uh, Again, uh, he is technically not a major in any sort of sports media role, but he just does this out for the love of the game. He loves football. He plays for college, but he's found a way to... uh, make time for for all of us up until now and which is understandable I I appreciate it but uh so uh, through through the first four games of the season um so CJ who do you think you ha- you have as your pick for M- your MVP through the first four games of the season
1: well as it stands right now I alluded to this earlier I'm going to have to say Kyler Murray he's got the weapons He's finally comfortable in this offense, and as a result, he's taking the next step. This kid is like a top-ten quarterback and arguably top-five as it sits right now. I mean, just right now. And if the season ended today, he would obviously be having the MVP trophy. But right now, put my favorite down as Kyler Murray.
0: Okay. I'm, he seems to be the popular choice, but I'm going to go the opposite direction of the popular choice. And go with Tom Brady, who has seemed to be, who, and people have, are seeming to forget that so far he basically has the best overall statistics of anyone so far this season. He has, he's second in, in yards, he's tied for third in touchdown passes, all, all for just two interceptions, and you know, this guy has had an incredible start to this season, and I don't see him slowing down. And he's also on a mission uh, to still prove that he can do it without Bill Belichick. So I, Tom, Tom Brady is my pick right now. He has 10 touchdowns to so just two interceptions. His passer rating, I'll have to check what his passer rating was. I think it was around, still around like 100. But yeah. having an incredible start to the year, and I don't see him slowing down. And I think we're overlooking just how good this guy is so far in the season
1: yeah I agree. Tom Brady's honestly like my second pick, but Kyler just seems like to be you know more explosive, and you know obviously he's got a better record, but i mean, i to be perfectly frank, I hate calling uh MVP favorites you know in week four because these things actually came true. Russell Wilson would have like three.
0: I know we're just but, call, we're just giving yeah the yeah, like way through the
1: season. Yeah, we'll probably know, do it but... again,
0: like halfway through, and we'll, we'll, and yeah. then maybe a, qu- and probably three quarters by three quarters we'll have our clear cut favorite. Usually by then we know who's, who is who is it's going to be, because they just sustain such a great year, and then they ride the moment, ride out the momentum. But yeah, I mean, it's it's always good to touch on it every now and then, especially like you know we're at the quarter mark of the season basically, um. And isn't it incredible that we're already here? You know, it feels like opening day was just yesterday. Now we're a month, we're a month in already.
1: Yeah, I, I know. It's crazy.
0: Yeah. So, okay. So your your pick is Kyler Murray. My pick is Tom Brady. But what about you guys' pick? So our last uh, fan Fanbox question was just this question about who is your MVP through a quarter of the year. You guys heard our pick. We want to hear yours. So we will get to that next, right here on the Fumble Rooski Fanbox. This is the Fumble Rooski Podcast. Justin is out tonight, and CJ Medeiros is in as our sub. He is a new member of our team, and I am here as well, of course, as you can hear me. Um, and we are on to our Fumble Rooski Fanbox segment, where we hear for your, from our listeners... Uh, so basically how this works is we will post a question box every Monday and you can respond with hot takes, questions and more. And We will discuss it right here on the on the show and give you a shout out on both in, our Instagram page and on our podcast. So make sure you you contribute to it each week uh, every Monday. So make sure you do that. So just to get right into it, we are going to start off and we have a familiar face who starts off. Uh, so the dot C J underscore, which is our our current co-host right now, he said Kyler Murray. So I we've so C J you've already kind of gone in depth of why you had your gave your pick. So we'll jump right over that and go on to uh, the next guy. We have Bryant three. And he picked Derek Carr. So I'm assuming, Bryant, you picked this guy before Monday Night Football. But what do you think of this, CJ?
1: I feel exactly how you do. And when we were talking about teams that we're buying and selling on, I alluded to this how I would have, you know, bought. The Raiders, you know, if they had won, but they didn't, and this really hurts Derek Carr. I mean, literally watching him just puke all over himself when the team needs him most.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, basically Raiders. Like when you usually when you have games like this, it's for if a player wants to win MVP, it's a, it's a killer, and they don't really usually. Just the, in the fans' eyes, you just never recover like that. They they just don't unsee that, no matter how well they bounce back. I remember Tom Brady was in the MVP race, and then he had that terrible game against the Saints, and then they were kind of like, yeah. And he, no, they, people didn't even consider him. In fact, he didn't even make a Pro Bowl, which was actually criminal, but um, I, I completely understand that. It's – he's not – I don't see him anymore, but uh, – not Good take nonetheless, Brian. I appreciate you uh, uh, responding to our question box. Anyways, Cash Drasson, or Cash D. Drasson, I'm not sure how you pronounce it, but he said Stafford. Now, this is an underrated one, but I, I like it, CJ.
1: I mean, I do, too. And this is another case where if they had beaten the Cardinals, I would have said so. But since that did not happen, I am inclined to say no. Yeah. I didn't think
0: he played that poorly in order to lose his, to lose. Like he, it wasn't like Derek Carr. It was just like, he still put up a decent performance, but I agree with you. All right. So this is a familiar, uh, this is a guy who, uh, who has contributed every week, but Patrick Williver 22 has contributed since the beginning. So thank you, Patrick Williver 22. Um, he said, Kyler Murray, with a special shout-out to Trevon Diggs. So Patrick Willever is a Cowboys fan, and we have been very impressed with Trevon Diggs in his second year. Incredible player. Um, I po- kind of poked fun, and I said, I mean, he'd be interesting as an MVP because defensive backs don't usually get it, but he's he's been pretty good this year.
1: yeah. I mean we have to start showing love of defensive players for MVP. We really do. And I agree. I mean why not Trevon Diggs? The problem I mean, is look at it's his just number, the way that who he's locked down, look at what he's done.
0: It, it, you just have to look at the positions. Like it's it's just hard to win uh MVP when you have like when yeah. you play a certain position. That's why it's usually a quarterback cuz it's a port- quarterback driven league. But anyways, yeah. uh Calden 20 not Calden 99 otherwise known as Cam Alden. Uh he's he's been on our show before. He's the uh he's the Baker Mayfield fan who we had on our show back in back this past spring. But he said Dak Prescott, I like this one. I think he's I think he's a solid option.
1: Frankly I'm baffled by it. That's just not a name that I expected to hear. Obviously. Yeah,
0: me neither. But I, he's and that's somebody who I think could certainly who could certainly emerge as a he he's a he's been really good this year and he could certainly uh, emerge at some point. But anyways, uh, B Mucker, otherwise seven three zero, otherwise known as Brian Mucker, who was once upon a time on our show as one of our co-hosts before uh, he decided to not be on it anymore. He said Big Mac otherwise known as Mac Jones. So he deserves no consideration coming from a Patriots fan. I wish, but he he's just not good enough for that. Maybe one day, but not today.
1: You have no idea how badly I want that to be true, but I may be a biased Pats fan, but I'm not biased enough to say Mac should be MVP. I agree. I, I, respect, the, uh, I respect the bold take, though.
0: I agree. Uh, Anyways, uh, Sean Howe, 93, otherwise known as Sean Howe, who's also been on our show as our favorite Dolphins fan. Uh, He said Kyler Murray again. So we've already discussed him. He's the popular option. Um, So here we have here we have John Warren with three N's. Uh, He's one of my personal friends, but he decided to respond. He gave us two responses. His first one was Aaron Rodgers. Which is a which is a underrated one. I think we're overlooking him because I mean we there's this narrative going around that people think that he doesn't want to play football anymore. Um, but there's also Baker. He said Baker too low key. And to that I have to say, through four games, can you guess how many touchdown passes he has?
1: See Baker Mayfield. Yes.
0: Can you guess how many touchdown passes if, he has? If I
1: recall correctly, I want to say like two.
0: He has two touchdown passes through four games, and two two, two interceptions. By the way, just saying. I mean he's been better. Given if you give him the eye test, like obviously he's not bad to the point where he's oh he's only thrown two touchdown passes because they've been a run first offense. But he does not deserve MVP MVP consideration in the slightest. He's a game manager right now, so that's just an absolute no. I'm sure – I'm sure he – I wonder if he was joking or something. But, I mean, in all seriousness, like, no. All right. But, CJ, do you have any other thoughts before we end the show? Uh, I do not. Quickly, though. All right. That will do it for us tonight. Thank you for listening to us. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Check us out on Spotify, Spreaker, and Google Podcasts. Also, be sure to follow our Instagram at fumbleroosty underscore podcast to keep up with our podcast and the latest coverage on the NFL. Otherwise, we will see you next week. Over and out.